Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Welcome back. This is a heavily anticipated episode of Action Movie Anatomy. We are here to talk to you about Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, 2001's Magnus Opus. This will be our Magnus Opus. Join us for The Fellowship of the Ring. Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. Boom! Yes! Uh. Magnus Opus. I'm pretty sure neither of us know what that means. If you're finding the show for the first time and you see the idiot give the intro that I just gave, do you watch the show or do you turn it off? I would probably stick around just to see how they could... Yeah, so it's definitely Magnum Opus, which is part of our joke. A large and important work of art, music, or literature. So we're right. It is a Magnus Opus, just Magnum. Are you serious? The phrase is not Magnus Opus? It's Magnum. It's Magnum. 100%? 150%. Google has confirmed. Google's yeah, and, confirmed. Uh, Jeff Graham in the booth is also confirming. And Jeff knows, too. Magnum Opus. I mean, I feel like we knew that, and that's why we've said Magnus for yes, years. Yes, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back. It's Action Movie Anatomy here on Monday. Ah, oh, this is fun. I'm in a good mood now. This is a good... Yeah, I'm good. I'm glad. Got a good laugh there. Um, we are here to talk to you guys today about the 178 minutes of masterpiece of Magnus uh, <laughs> called The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. This is... So we're almost at 200 shows on Action Movie Night. We've done the show now since April, I think, of 2015. We've missed like seven shows or something yeah, like that. maybe. Ever. I, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just can't get over the fact that Dre... Yeah, he's staring at us, and he looks like Gollum. It's amazing. Up in the, up in the. Anyway, so you were saying we're getting very close to two hundred. Yeah, we, we've done it for so long, and you know, in the beginning of the show, when we started doing the show a long time ago, um, we had basically said like, "There's a co- there's like there's a category of movie we're going to stick to." And a lot of you guys that know this really well, um, you know that it was originally like the under sieges of the world. Yeah. So a lot of like '90s stuff, like Speeds. Rambo, Speed, mm-hmm. Under Siege. You know, in the in the two thousands, like we would do the Equalizer movies like that, but. Um, there was a lot of movies that we said we were never going to do, and those yeah. included superhero movies, which we've done. They included James Bond movies, which we've done. They and included Star Trek movies, done that. Star Wars, done that. We even did an episode at one point called "The Eight Movies We Could Never Cover on Action Movie Anatomy," and it was. Uh, I think we've covered at least half. Those I was going to say. I now. think we've covered most of them, and then you know, Fellowship is another one. And Toy Story, well, which we covered though, last week. Yeah, yeah, and Fellowship was on that list of top eight. 100%. We could never cover it. It was the winning movie that people wanted to see us cover the most. Yeah, which is why we did like our uh, our favorite moments from the Lord of the Rings trilogy yeah. uh, when we did a special. And, I mean, here's the thing. You cover 200 movies, you start to run out of movies to cover. Yeah. So you, then you want to start covering movies that you absolutely adore that still fall in the categories of AMA. Right. And so, this is Action Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies, all things movie-related and pop culture by the bucket full. Boom. Boom. Got that one out. That was really well done. That was my Mac. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we, we, uh, we're we covering Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Rings today because it adheres to the four action movie categories, kind of. Uh, those categories of the movies we cover on the show are, number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. Um... The Fellowship are the heroes. And they don't really play by their own rules. No. They, they play by the rules of... Yeah. Of, of like... Of Middle Earth. Right. Exactly. Um, but, you know, Aragorn kind of plays by his own rules. I think if you're going to say that... If you're going to say that Strider is the main... <laughs> nice. Is the main hero, because he's, like, the king that has to come back, and he's the guy that, like, drives the... It's tough, though, because you have to sort of say Frodo's the hero, really. Right, because it... That, I mean, that's the big... 
that's like a big discussion that goes on is like who is the true hero of Lord of the Rings? And I think at the end of the day, you do have to just say it is Frodo because yeah. he's the one bearing the burden. Yeah, um, Mr. Frodo, Mr. Frodo. But he would never have gotten there without everyone else. Yes. Um, rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people beings things dinosaurs would have you in the room. I mean, the fact that Frodo is able to carry the ring as far as he does yep. and that Sauron is so unkillable makes you feel like that, you know, evil and good are sort of the smartest people in the room. And it's like Gandalf doesn't allow other people to carry it, right? Because, like, during the Fellowship meeting, there's all these ideas that happen out there, and then Frodo's just like, I'll do it. Yeah. And he just looks at him like, <sighs> yep. That's that's who it needs to be. That look on his face. It's so good. It's such a good look. I, I want to get through the stupid rules so we can just talk about how good this movie is. <laughs> They're not all... stupid. <laughs> uh, rule number three, the movie is driven by a police, military, political, or mercenary figure. Yeah, nope. No. And rule number four, the movie contains a minimum one explosion. No. There's no expl- I mean, I, there's an exploding uh, firework into a dragon. There you go. That's ex- that is actually an explosion. It's an explosion. Got him. Got him. Three or four. I think you mean Gollum. Gollum. <laughs> Uh, so, guys, quick shout-out to a couple patrons in the Action Army, Jeremiah Morris and Emmanuel Steinberg. We salute, salute you. you. Coming up today on the show, we're going to be doing our honorable mention favorite characters from this trilogy because we have a special episode coming up that we're doing over on the Action Guys, which is our podcast on the Collider Podcast Network, ranking the definitive ranking of the Lord of the Rings characters. But Drew and I actually are each going to have our yeah, own list. individual rankings. So we're going to do, we're going to count down. I think probably we'll do our top nine, because that's the way it's our fellowship. Ah. We'll each do our nine. How clever of yeah. you. To, you made that up on the spot I just did. now. And, but there will be, uh, there was going to be an honorable mention section there, but because that show's not that long, yep. uh, we're going to do some of those today on the show. Throw out some of the honorable mentions that won't make the top nine. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, that's coming up today on the show. I suggest we just kind of, uh, aside from throwing out a couple social things that I want to throw out really quickly, kind of just get into the, the show. For sure. Um, so the quick socials, if you want to find Andrew, you can find me at Andrew Guy. You can find us and everything that we do outside of here, you know what, like Jeremiah and Emmanuel did on patreon.com slash team action. And please, please, please go to youtube.com slash action industries, hit the subscribe button, go and watch some of the videos there. Ben and I are actually doing a live stream every Monday. I won't be there tonight. We usually do it Mondays at 5 p.m. Yeah. I'm going to actually be out of town. I don't know if you will be able to make it because you are also out of town. Gotcha. But uh, that's something to look out for on YouTube. Yep. Oh, <laughs> I see what you're doing there. Yeah. Because it's a pre-tape. Because it's a pre-tape. <laughs> you like that. I was thrown. I could tell. You ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, we do these live streams, so check those out, guys. Um, we have done almost 200 shows here on the Act- on the Popcorn Talk Network, so as well as subscribing to our, our fledgling little YouTube channel, uh, please subscribe here to the Popcorn yes. Talk and hit the notification button so you can get notifications of all the new videos. Post, like, comment, all the things below. Um, and I think probably we'll just move on to the next part of the- I like that you just trusted me, though, well enough. Yeah. You just like look at me like, he's, he's just going down the wrong path, but I'm going to let it happen. Like Boromir. Like Boromir. Yes! Nice! (laughs) All right. All right. I'm hyped. Boromir will not make our honorable mentions His name came into the conversation, and now it's just... (laughs) We were watching this movie together. Oh, we did, like, a watch-along. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We should talk about that for a second. The watch-along was great. So we're going to get into thesis statement, which is... That's your biggest, boldest thought about the movie. It's something that if this came up in conversation at a party, which this has many times, um, this is what you'd say about it. You would say, this is the thing, or the greatest, the only, the first. It's sort of your... Magnus Opus, <laughs> dare I say? Uh, no, it's your it's your it's your point about the film, and so um, 
we try to not be like my favorite character is this or you know uh, Sting is a sweet sword or something like that. Sting is a sweet it's, sword. That was my thesis. <laughs> um, I was just I was teasing it out there to see if it was going to work. <laughs> no, that would work. No. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna get to that. But I, I we do these watch alongs or we have done them. I don't actually know if we're gonna keep doing them. I'm I know not sure. we we technically have one more that we have to do because we promised it. It's the Dark Knight watch along. Contractually we, obligated. We just keep pushing it back. Um, um, but uh, I think we the link is still available. So if you guys are interested and you want to do a watch along of this movie of Fellowship of the Ring we do these on our Patreon it's at the $10 level yeah. patreon.com slash team action the link is still live so and if it's not if you can't find it send a message to us on Patreon just become a $10 patron we'll send you the link it's still available we did a watch along together with Snickers Andrew's dog yes um, and it was fun it was really really a good time watching this movie and reacting to all the stuff that we like yeah um, it was a little looser than our other watch alongs just because we've seen this movie probably 20 plus around 50 times each yeah. so we did a lot more talking during the uh, the slower parts or like the exposition yeah um but go ahead thesis statement yes yes so if you guys want to do that go check it out uh, we're gonna get into our thesis statements and i'm gonna jump in first with mine this is this is the reason that i brought up the watch long because i was laughing because i said this on stream at one point you say this is the reason i brought up sting yeah and then doing that okay so i i laughed because i said this during the i was like you know what is just the best character he's just the best character of the whole fellowship uh and baromir's story is the most compelling story in the fellowship of the ring in the fellowship of the ring specifically it is the most compelling story that a character has in the Fellowship. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more, because I think that's kind of the goal. Right. He's, he's like, not the star of the movie. He's not the hero of the movie. He's dead after the first movie. Yeah. And he's kind of corrupt from the moment you meet him. Right. From the moment you first see him, you can already see that his eyes are too, like... Like, the shine of the ring yeah. is too much for him from the very first moment. He immediately starts to get, like, power-hungry right. and excited about it. And, and yeah, you follow his arc, essentially, to the moment that him and Aragorn have, which is arguably the, one of the best, like, arguably the best moment in the whole trilogy. Yeah. Might be your favorite. Yeah. Um, and I think they had to do that. Yeah. Right? It can't just be... Because if we... Otherwise, we would have just, like, walked away from the movie being like, well, now what? Yeah, right. Completely. And I just... There's all these moments when you're watching this movie. They they place all of his moments so well. Um, they, like... Each one of them is placed so well. And that's the, one of the things about this movie I like so much mm-hmm. is that the epic nature of the adventure... We talked about this on the stream a lot, is that, like, you know... These characters are all on a journey that they recognize there's a good chance they don't come back from. They, yeah. Like, and it's it, it feels very epic in the way that it starts in the Shire and they have to escape the they have to escape the uh, the Nazgul and then they get to Rivendale, Arendelle. Rivendale? Arendelle's frozen. Yeah. Um, they get to they, they get to Rivendale and like it kind of for a second feels like, oh wow, the adventure's over. They made it. Right. You're like, wow, it's just beginning. This is the formation of the fellowship. Yeah, Bilbo scares the shit out of you. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is where it starts. And so through through that whole sort of process of this movie, as they're placing each of these characters little moments that you need to pay attention <clears throat> to, his moment in the forming of the fellowship where he's starting to make the case for why Gondor should have the ring. You're like and keep the ring. You're like, you're corrupt, man. Like yeah. you're gonna there's no way this ends well for you. Like this is why the whole movie has been set up on the failure of man yeah. and their greed for right. power. Uh, I love that. I love Boromir. I think that he is the perfect thing that this movie needed to kind of drive it all the way through and also the whole time you know, you're always wondering in movies like this, like adventure movies, the one guy that's the, the bad apple in the group and if he's gonna, who he's going to betray. It's or always how, Sean Bean. It's always Sean Bean. <laughs> Have you seen Heat? Uh, or no, Ronan. Excuse yeah, right. me. Um, but yeah, so mine... And this is something I've argued with my family for years, because yeah. every year we get together and watch yeah. all three movies. Yeah. 
is that Sam is actually the true hero of the entire franchise. Sam is the only reason that anyone makes it anywhere. And I also know that Sam could have just carried the ring and not been such a bitch. Because he does carry it at one point after Shelob gets to Frodo. Yeah. And he just happily gives it back to him. Like, yeah, there's the moment with the sound and the zoom in and the... But he just gives it to Frodo. Yeah. And he's fine. I love Sam. I know. He's your and favorite I, character in the whole thing. I, I think I believe he probably is. I'm not sure. And you'll have to turn into our episode of The Action Guys to find out. But he is at least the true hero of the franchise over Frodo and over Aragorn. I don't totally disagree with you. I mean, I think I think that Sam is a wonderful character, and there's he has all these great moments. Yeah, he's so good. He has all these great moments. Sean Astin. We were we were laughing about this, and I think you know uh, we should make sure we actually move through the show here, yeah. so we can get to everything. So I won't uh, riff too hard on Samwise Gamgee, but uh, I do love Sam. Yeah, I love Sam. How okay. do you not love Sam? How could you not? Yeah, because I, I want to talk about his career a little bit, but that's the point of Star Wars. Yeah. Sure. So, um, next part of the show we're going to get up to is fist pump moment. This is a big one. This is that moment something happens in the movie. You kind of look around. You're like, are you seeing this right now? This is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Ah, I'm so excited to get to finish this movie. Yeah. Um, you know, it, this actually this segment came from when you and I were younger and used to get drunk and watch movies together more often. Yeah. Which very rarely happens anymore, but like... Very rarely. Yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, but like, that feeling of being like a little buzzed and watching a movie you love and having that like, that feeling that only can really happen when you're like buzzed. something happens, you're just like... <laughs> you're more excited about, you're more excited about the idea of the next hour of the movie than the next hour is probably even going to be for oh, you. a hundred percent. It's about that moment. Yeah. We're just like, this is the greatest. I want to talk like about this. tingling warmth and you're just like... Ugh. Yeah, I want to talk about this movie. And so, I feel it's a little unfair for me to use my fist pump moment here because I think it's the same fist pump moment that I used on the last version of this show. But I want you to say it because I think it's my fist pump moment as well. Is it just the reveal of Sean Bean? Is it the first time you see him on camera? No. Oh, it's not. Oh no, good. That's for you. That's my true fist pump. When he walks in and sees the sword. Yeah, it's just it's just when you because like now that I've seen it so many times, yeah. you know, it, it's it's not like there's a moment in the movie where I'm like, oh yeah, this moment. I forgot about this. It's just when I saw Sean Bean during our watch along, and I was like, God, he's so good. Yeah, like he's so good. Every moment that he has with Aragorn where they're alone is so great. The way he plays with the space, too. Like, as an actor, mm-hmm. you walk in, and the way, without talking, you use your body, right? Like, yeah. how do you play with the space to, like, tell a story? And before he even opens his mouth or sees Aragorn, he's, like, looking around, and he sees the sword, and he picks it up, and, and his, his finger. Yeah. Right? Like, that's a great performance. Still shop. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's in that space, and, like, that's really that's a really cool thing that he, he does there. That's, and then, yeah, for, yeah, for me, it's just that I just think so much about what he's about to do over the next like 90 minutes yeah. and how I just lose my mind. Yeah. That, that's my that's my fist pump. I can't believe this movie is three hours long. I, I know. I had forgotten the first one so long. It didn't feel like it was. No. It kind of felt like it was during our watch along. Yeah, during the, well, it's during the Cade Blanchett sequence. <laughs> it honestly is. That's the slowest part of the movie. Yeah, because it's like so much happens. Isn't that right after Gandalf is gone? Literally. Yeah. And you literally feel in that moment like, like as we were watching it, I was like, okay, so from here... We're gonna go to the forest, and the cool ending's gonna happen. And I was like, no, 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 no! You have to go through this weird, like, other forest part with elves, with Gladriel. But like, they, but the thing is, Gladriel's such a sweet character that yeah, it's, it's just, hard to not love it. It's just like when you're at that point in the movie in the rewatch, it feels like that's the that's the scene that you could have taken out. Yeah, or like even just front loaded it, like put it in earlier, yeah, and then had Gandalf, then the forest battle, and then the end. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know. But uh, my fist pump moment is gonna be it's it's the moment after Barmir's taken the arrows. 
and he saved Mar- and Mary and Pippin like they charge and uh, oh, yeah. and they just get picked up and like Aragorn uh, takes him out. Uh, L- Lurts. Lurts. Yep. Kills Lurts and uh, he's lying there and, and like. Barmir has these like a couple different lines in this moment was he's dying that that are so great and they're Ugh. they're my favorite lines they're not my favorite line in the movie because when we get to favorite line I actually have a different one that I chose but there's a couple like little moments in this exchange between Aragorn and Barmir that are so great because they've had these exchanges throughout the movie and the exchanges throughout the movie have basically sort of been that Aragorn's point of view is like look I'm just a man I'm not strong enough to carry this ring but I'm wise enough to know that I can't yeah and you are as strong as me, but you're not wise enough to know you can't. You're driven by pride and ego in a way that I'm not, which is why, like, you are basically sitting on the throne, you know, taking taking care of a throne that's supposed to be mine. Yeah. But I haven't become who I need to be yet to come back to it. And does he, he knows he's, he, did he knows who he is in that moment? I Aragorn? Believe, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they, 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 they know each other and they know all of each other because in these movies, of course, they yeah. always know of each other. Great warriors, right? Yes, of course. And so, like, as he's lying there and he's dying and he's, and he says, like, I do not know what blood runs through my veins, I think is what he says. Yeah. Um, and it's cool because you're like, when he says something, you're like, you're a king. Like, so you know yeah. what blood runs through your veins. But, like, you, and and he says, but uh, I will not, like. Let the say? white city fall. Yeah, I something. will not fail our people. Yeah. And then Barmir has oh, that line people. where he's like, he's like, oh, oh people. Yeah. And he's like, he's dying. It's like the way he says it, he's like, he's disgusted that he calls them our people. Because he's like, who, what would you know? You're right. not in Gondor. I'm in Gondor. They're our people, my people. But then he says, I would have followed you, my brother, my captain, my king. Oh, God. It's so good. When he says, I would have followed you, my brother, my captain, my king, it's this, like, incredible moment of, like, you're about to die, and that's the good in you. That's yeah. the noble. That's the honor. Because he has that. He yeah. has those moments of just evil and good over and over. He's just the inner battle between Boromir and himself is insane. Oh, when like too like because it all like the ring and the snow and then Aragorn's got his hand on the sword. God, this movie's good. God, it's so good. Uh, yeah, I mean the other one for me is just at the end when Sam's drowning. I'm just like, God, that's a good friend. <laughs> I made a promise. He's so, Frodo. he's so loyal. He's so loyal. Uh, so those are our fist pump moments, guys. Let us know for you what yours were down below in the comment section. We're getting into star profiles. There's a lot of stars in this film and all of them in general so we're going to start with Elijah Wood and uh, so in 2000 he did Chain of Fools Hmm. in 99 he did The Bumblebee Flies Away and also in 99 he did Black and White I don't really know of any of those movies me neither Elijah Wood if I I remember correctly and if anyone in the chat uh, you could remind me I don't have it in front of me but he he did that that movie like what is like the the good child or something where is the cursed what is it like where he's like an evil brother yeah I don't know the, I'll look it up. It's like the, it's in like the early '90s, I think. It's like a pretty famous. But anyway, Elijah Wood like was just one of those actors who had like been in a bunch of stuff, but he wasn't super duper famous. Which is kind of the story of the entire cast of this movie. Yeah, you really have a lot of actors in this movie who were well known as great actors or like relevant actors, but they weren't super famous. There was not like an A-list movie star in this movie. I don't think. Like the closest thing you have to it would be like Orlando. Because he was no, because this is before, before Pirates. This right? is before Pirates. That's 03. Yeah. Like I, I would say, you know, Kate Blanchett was up and coming as like a real heavy hitter, but she wasn't a movie star. Mm-hmm. I, honestly, like if I had to think about it, like maybe, maybe Liv Tyler is your biggest movie star in this movie. Because yeah, actually, that might be because of Armageddon. Armageddon's ninety eight. Yeah. So this is she. She was like a real like hot up and coming movie star type of person. He had done The Faculty and Deep Impact, which were and Flipper. 
Elijah Wood. Yeah, oh, Flipper's a big one. Yeah, Flipper. Those are all big. So maybe he was actually the like one of like the most famous just because it's a strangely esoteric cast. Like that's the funny part about this movie when you watch <clears> it now. You you really pick up on the fact that like if they had put Brad Pitt in this movie or like some actor like that, it would have been distracting. Yeah, like, it would have been too, it would have been too much. It would have been wrong. The good son. The good son. That's, that's the what name it is. of the movie. That Thank I was for. you. Yeah, and uh, and so that's kind of Elijah Wood's character or, or his career at that point. Now, Sean Astin, his three movies before this: The Last Producer in two thousand, Icebreaker two thousand, The Sky Is Falling ninety nine. Again, Sean Astin is most famous for The Goonies and Rudy. Right. You know, those are all like way before this. Yeah, and that was like that felt like a different time. Goonies is eighty five. This right. is oh one. That's sixteen years difference. I think Rudy is like late 80s probably early 90s maybe and even then it was like uh it's just so different like it was it was a sports movie that he played this notorious infamously famous character and then you were just like nothing nothing else yeah he's in this movie called uh toy soldiers dates he's in toy soldiers uh which is like this that's like a late 80s like people love that movie it's about like the kids that you have to you know, a school gets taken over probably by like terrorists, and the kids have to fight to take it back. I think. Yep. Yep. Ninety one. Uh, yep. Rudy was ninety three. Okay. Yeah. So Rudy's ninety three. So yeah, his his real career was almost a decade before this. He wasn't doing a lot. Um, and then like Vigo, for instance, who we're not going to cover in this, was like he was in uh, Crimson Tide, right? Yeah. Yeah. Vigo. Vigo was like in a bunch of stuff in the nineties. He's mm-hmm. in Cliffhanger. Uh, or no, not Cliffhanger. Uh, Daylight. Uh, Crimson Tide. Carlito's Way. Like, Vigo had had a career for sure. He was up and coming, but... But he uh, was, like, the guy in the background a lot of the time. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Or, like, the would... guy that had several lines. Exactly. But, like, yeah. his role in Crimson Tide is a pretty pretty good, pretty sweaty portrayal of... You know, <laughs> of what it... so sweaty in that movie. <laughs> I just did an episode of this show called uh, Director's Cut. Uh, it's on a YouTube channel called They Said We Said. John Dunning is a magic card guy and Jason Alt magic card guys. They We did a Tony Scott episode. We went and we reviewed the entire career of Tony Scott. Sick. Um, and so I got to talk a lot about Crimson Tide. I was like, at the front of it, I was like, look, guys, full disclosure, I'm not really interested in talking about anything on the show other than the five Denzel movies. <laughs> <laughs> Even Top Gun which, and True Romance, which I think are sweet. Right. I don't really care. I just want to talk about the Denzel movies. They're like, okay. Fair. They're like, do you want to like save that to the end of the show? I was like, yeah, let's just close out with those five. <laughs> That's like all you talk about the whole time. I just like talk. They, they like don't really have that much to say back to me about those movies because like clearly nobody likes those movies as much and, as I do. And no one knows more about those movies than we do. <laughs> yeah, I like started talking about scenes and taking Pelham one, two, three. And I'm like, every time I try to explain to people why these movies are good, I can't. Which I- <laughs> They're like, no, yeah, I saw the scene. Yeah. It was fine. I like, I, I'm like, like, no, but he says, God damn you, Garver, you're my hero. Yeah. And you're, he's like, I know. I'm like, if I was listening to me explain this, I'd be like, you're an idiot. This is wrong. <laughs> and then I went and watched Deja Vu. Um, uh, yeah, so yeah, Sean Aston did The Last Producer and Icebreaker both in 2000, and then The Sky is Falling in 99. Next up. Go ahead. Sean, yeah, I was going to say, so then Sean Bean, mm-hmm. who you have Don't Say a Word in 2001, which I don't remember that movie, but the name sounds familiar. Yeah. Essex Boys in 2000, I don't know, and then Ronan in 98, which we've covered on this very show. Douglas? Um, yeah, that's the, uh, what? yeah, the Michael Douglas, Brittany Murphy movie. Don't it's Say like a Word? a thriller, yeah, 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 that's what I thought. And then Ronan in 98, which, you know, it's a very famous movie. People like that movie a lot. John yep. Frankenheimer, and uh, he's he's great. He plays a shit weasel in that movie. The, famously, before Ronan, uh, three years earlier, he's... Uh, 006 yes. in, in Goldeneye. Which I, Trevelyan. I feel like in the States, I feel like in the U.S., that must have been his breakout role. Right? Probably. I don't remember Sean Bean really in other movies. We probably talked about this on the Goldeneye episode when we talked about... Uh, Pierce Brosnan's hair? Yeah, a lot. We talked about his hair a lot in that episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really actually remember... Um, 
I don't really remember him and Ronan until we watched it on for this show. Yeah. We got the guns. We got the money. You, and you're just like, you're a bad, bad guy. Something bad bad's going to happen. Bad Apple. Um, Ian McKellen, you got X-Men in 2000, Apt Pupil in 98, Gods and Monsters 98. Uh, so, so was McKellen maybe because of movie, Magneto? Movie star is like different than like respected actor. Yeah. Like the, you know, it's like X-Men was also just the year before. So having McKellen in like a big role here is a big <clears> deal. But it like... It wasn't like people were running to the theater to see in McKellen. No, but why people saw this movie and why it did so well, I don't really know. It's like they hadn't done a piece of media about Lord of the Rings in a very long time. It's not like it was in culture in the same way that it is now because these movies didn't exist. So it might have just been the thing that we talked about with movies back then since, you know, Twitter wasn't as big. It was just that everyone, people would go and see it. It was a Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah Twitter didn't exist. Oh, one? Yeah, well, that's what I mean. There was no social yet. Yeah, and so it was like, it was just word of mouth. Yeah. It was just like everyone that saw it was like, oh my God, this is the best movie ever. Like you would put a picture of you in the theater on your MySpace profile in 2001, probably. Top eight. You'd be in my top eight. Or like, wait, 2001, MySpace. I'm trying to remember. Facebook's yeah. like 05. So yeah, MySpace, no, MySpace is probably would, would have still been the thing. Yeah. Have a song playing in the background. Yeah. Change your top eight. Piss off some people at school. That's cool. <laughs> really uh, cool. Um, so uh, anyway, guys, those are the stars of the film. I, I want to get into production development a little bit. We have an <clears throat> extensive write-up here done by our associate producer, Mr. Brandon Hanna. The Hitman. The Hitman. Brandon. Brandon. If you guys haven't seen Brandon's new logo, it's epically dope it's really sweet it's cooler than like i think anything we have definitely just kidding it's not um no it is it's really <laughs> hey awesome. brandon we're gonna skip production development um yeah so i'm just gonna read through this real quick it's it's mainly pulled from wikipedia but uh it's just gonna get fill you guys in a little bit so peter jackson began working with christian rivers to storyboard the series in august of 97 as well as getting richard taylor and what a workshop to began creating his interpretation of middle earth Jack told them to make Middle, Mer- Middle Earth as plausible and believable as possible to think that Middle Earth is in like a historical place, like a place you could actually go to. Uh, the Fellowship of the Ring makes extensive use of digital and practical and makeup special effects throughout, which I think is is pretty evident when you're watching it now. Like it doesn't feel that disconnected. Like it doesn't feel like bad CG from no, early 2000s. No, it really doesn't. You know. Um, one notal illusion used in almost every scene involves setting a proper scale so that the characters will appear to be the correct height. It was something you mentioned during the watch long. Yeah. Elijah Wood's actually 5'6 in real life, but his character Frodo is barely 4 feet tall. And a variety of techniques, including forced perspective, were used to depict the hobbits and Gimli the Dwarf as being diminutive in size. Ooh, wow. That is a very well-written sentence by this Wikipedia person. Uh, (laughs) Large and small-scale doubles were used in certain scenes, while entire duplicates of certain sets, including Bags and and, and Hobbiton, were built at two different scales so that the characters could appear in different sizes filming it separately, which I think is awesome, and I also think it's one of the things that works the best in the entire trilogy is the size difference on screen. Yeah. Yeah, Peter Jackson is the director of this film. Um, Jackson won the rights to film Tolkien's Epic 97 in 97 after meeting with producer Saul Zaints. Originally working with Miramax towards a two-film production, Jackson was later pressured to render the story as a single film and finally overcame a tight deadline by making a last-minute deal with New Line, who were keen on the trilogy. Um, Peter Jackson, I think, prior to doing this movie, had done, like, what, The Frighteners? Is that, like... yeah. And, like, maybe one other movie. And the, uh, uh, Mortal Creatures, is that the name of the movie? The Frighteners, Mortal Creatures, and, like, there might be one other. Like, oh, oh, uh, Dead Something Alive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead Alive? Is it, is it just straight up Dead Alive that he did? Yeah, maybe. I think he had, he had done, like, three pretty weird creature horror type of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, one of our thesis yeah, statements. Dead Alive. One of these thesis statements that we talked about on this movie when we were talking is, like, is Peter Jackson 
outside of this trilogy, like the most overrated director that's ever worked. I mean, because what else has he done? It's it's like Immortal Engines, King Kong, The Lovely Bones. Yeah, I mean, and and that's like it. And the Hobbit, the Hobbit movies. trilogy. Yeah, right. Which they're all pretty mediocre and then the other films are like just not that good yeah like i watched the lovely bones last year it's all right it's on that list of uh, thrillers that i'll stream online right and <laughs> i stream uh, so many bad thrillers it's unbelievable it's just such a fun genre yeah it's at courtroom dramas my favorite i yeah firm yeah the firm it's a good one i got halfway through not in the thriller genre but i got halfway through uh cloud atlas last night have you seen that oh no yeah, it's pretty weird is it yeah, I, it was like end of the night. I feel like well, you got to be in a better state of mind than that tired. And then like Immortal Engines, he didn't direct, but he produced it. And yeah, it was just bad, a really bad film. Whereas like Alita was produced by James Cameron, and although people don't seem to like that as much as we did, that movie was sweet. I loved that movie. Yeah, that I can't wait really to watch it again. Um, but yeah, it does feel like he's the most overrated director out there. Yeah, I mean that could have been this. That could have been one of our thesis statements. But uh, yeah, I mean I definitely think that. Just having done these three movies alone makes them pretty legendary. Like, that's the thing that you always have to remember when it comes to being an artist or a performer is, like, we think about these people, uh, these, you know, performers, people who create art, as, like, we look at their careers, we talk about them as the, like, sports people, you know? Like, yeah. we sort of categorize this run. or this, And, like, in reality, if you do one great thing, one single great thing in your career, you'll be remembered forever. From the director of Training of Day. Training Day. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Um... So I feel like this is a, maybe a good moment for us to talk about our honorable mention characters. Yeah, I think it's a strong. I think it's a strong play. I mean, it's tough because like there's so many sweet characters in the Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah, and like they're all good, so it's difficult to want to. But I think honorable mentions. Um, honorable mentions. I think we will each maybe do like three to five. What do you yeah, think? yeah. yeah I, I, I think I'm going to start off with with the first honorable mention, Gollum. Okay, is not going to make my top he doesn't five. Make your top five, Smeagol. He might make. I don't think he makes my top nine either because he's he's just so evil. Interesting. But he's so. I mean, Andy Serkis is a goddamn genius. He's so good. He's incredible. The voice, everything that he does, and also he's such a good villain throughout. That's yeah. just enough, and you know the whole time he's going to betray Frodo and Sam at some point. But it doesn't happen for so long, right? You know, and and. Yeah, it's just, it's one of the greatest, greatest villains in film that isn't too much, because he's always there. And yeah. he has moments that you kind of like him, you you're feel like, are you turning, him. and you yeah. feel for him. Yep. And so yeah, Gollum is one of mine. Uh, I will go in with mine, which is uh, John Noble, whose character's <sighs> name is, uh, what's his character's name? He's eating the, and also the Denethor. tomatoes. Denethor. Denethor. Yeah, Denethor. Uh, and also the the disgusting tomatoes that he's eating. I just feel like they're filled with blood. Yeah. <laughs> he's sitting there eating them angrily as Pippin. Uh, it's Pippin, right? Yeah. He's singing the song. And John Noble's eating these disgusting tomatoes. And like breaking bones of chickens yeah. while eating it. Which is uh, like, why do you eat so ravenously? Do you think that Peter Jackson was like, listen, John, I need you to be repulsive. I the think The way so. you eat this food needs to be barbaric. I, I, mean, I 100%. Like, because he's like, he's going to be singing a beautiful song. Yeah. Your son's going to be dying in this cut scene. Yeah. And you just need to look like the biggest piece of trash ever. Yeah. He's, he, I think, is maybe my most hated character in the whole franchise. Yeah. I hate him. Yeah, Denethor. He does a great job. Sweet. Um, I will go with. Da, 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 da. Faramir. I really like Faramir. Also on my honorable mentions yeah. list. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's just like, 
he's so just and he just wants to please his father for him to like actually be proud of him. Yeah. And he like goes to his death essentially. Yeah. And he knows that he shouldn't come back, but he does. And yeah. he has the line to know more where he says, like, you wish that it was me that had died. Yeah. And he says, Yes, yes. I wish that. And also the uh, I think you and I finally understand one another, Frodo yeah. Baggins. And yeah. he lets him go. I love that line. He's like, you know, if if the king finds out your life will be forfeit, yeah. then it is forfeit. Then it is forfeit. Yeah, yeah you're like, awesome. Faramir's really sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, my next honorable mention is going to be Grima Wormtongue. God, you're picking the characters I hate. Oh, Grima, come on. How do you? Grima's so good. And he's... Fork tongue between your teeth. I told you. Do not let him take the star. Take the wizard star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Grima Wormtongue is just actually who everyone that is alive now would be back then. Yeah, Just like trying sure. to survive. 100%. We have no skills. Yeah. Out of my way. <laughs> um, I think you know what? I think Saruman might be mine. Yeah, I thought about Christopher Lee. He's so good. He's rock and roll, man. He is rock and roll. And like the old man battle he has with with Gandalf, like two guys trying to get in front of each other in the buffet line. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> we were laughing about this on the live stream. <laughs> Special effects. <laughs> them filming that shit would have been probably so comical to watch yeah like no music no sound editing nothing it's just like two old guys like grunting at each other but he's great and also like I kind of hate that they took out his death in the special he falls on the thing yeah he gets stabbed by warm tongue and then he falls yeah which is awesome it feels almost like we need to um there needs to be some behind-the-scenes B-roll footage of them filming that that gets released online one day. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be great. Did Christopher Lee pass? Or is he alive still? I believe he passed. I think he passed a couple yeah. years ago, maybe. One of my favorite lines was that, uh, or things that I heard was like when Jackson told him that he needed to pretend that he got stabbed, and he's like trying to give him inspiration, like, watch yeah. this. He's like, I don't need to. I got stabbed in war. Oh. Yeah. Sweet. I, I, like, know, I know that. how it feels. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, so awesome. Um, all right, so uh, a couple more. A couple more honorable mentions mm-hmm. here. Uh, I'm going to go with... I'm gonna go with Eowyn. Um, oh, you know, you're not a man. She's super sweet. She almost no makes. Man. She almost makes my top nine. Right. Um, she's like right on the edge of it. I just don't find like they didn't give her enough moments other than like that shit at the end in in, in Return of the King. Right. Which is all great. They just didn't give her quite enough moments where she. Yeah, I mean, to make the top your top five is pretty nuts. Yeah, I think for me to close out my honorable mentions is gonna be Arwen. I love her. I really do. Even Star? I just think that she doesn't quite do enough. I mean, her greatest moments, I think, come in Fellowship. When she saves Frodo. Yeah, the whole, the horses and the yeah. water is so awesome. Really and, cool. and I love, I love her love for, for Aragorn. I truly do, throughout the entire franchise. But I just don't think that she does quite enough for me to put her in my top nine. The light of the Even Star is dying. So this movie's great. Um, I think my last, my last honorable mention, and this is going to be controversial, it's Legolas. He doesn't make Ooh, my top nine. That's fair. I don't. I don't know if I'm on the same page as you, but I. I don't disagree with you. And my bow. And my bow. He just doesn't. Like when you were a kid, and you watched this movie. He was awesome. He was the coolest. And in Two Towers, when he does the skateboard move down yeah. the thing, and he kills all the orcs. And in the third one, he does the awesome like whipping around the elephant and, he and kills, takes the whole yeah. thing down. Totally awesome. There's just something about it. he's just so dainty. Yeah. And like and just, like so elvish. Yeah. <laughs> It just doesn't seem as cool as you thought he was when you were 12. 100% not yeah. as cool as, as they thought. Whereas Boromir is way cooler. Boromir is. <laughs> it's because we're like, we're, we're tainted now. Tainted mate. Uh, <laughs> I 
know, that is crazy that Boromir actually is cooler than Legolas in our eyes at this point. At this point, Boromir back then was just like the less cool Aragorn. Yeah, you saw like, when you were a kid. Like, he deserved to die. He's lame. Yeah. Aragorn's the prince. He's a he's a king. Like, no way. Yeah. I thought Ted Boromir rule. Boromir's real, man. He's a real... <laughs> flawed and all. Uh, okay, so those are our honorable mentions, guys. Let us know what your honorable mentions are, the people that would not make your top nine. Your personal fellowship down below in the comments. We're going to move on to Critical and Box Office. This movie was produced by New Line. It cost $93 million to make. A lot of people know that they filmed all three movies in a row, back to back to back, in New Zealand. Um, that's something that we didn't mention during production development. <clears throat> this movie opened December 19th, 2001. It grossed $316 million domestically and an additional 556 foreign for $872 million. It's got an 8.8 on IMDb. I believe it's in the top 250. I'll confirm that right now. It has, sh- it has to be. Horrible trailer. If you remember, we watched the trailer for this. We did the uh, oh. the nine fist bumps. It, the trailer is awful. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's the, it's a, it's a number seven movie on IMDb. All time? All time. It's the, it's the top of these, or as Return of the King ahead of it. Uh, I'm not positive. Let's let's check that out. Yeah. And then uh, Rotten Tomatoes, if you want to do that. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes has a ninety is has a ninety one percent on all crit, uh, top critics and ninety five percent for uh, top critics. So this movie is extremely well. Uh, yeah. What do you got here? I was gonna say actually, excuse me. Fellowship is eleventh. Yeah. And uh, Return is seven. seven. That's what I thought. Which yeah. I still don't. I still think Fellowship's the best. It's been. It's gone back and forth with me. I've liked every one of them the most at a certain point in time. Yeah. But now it's it, for me. It's just Fellowship hands down. The movie down. I've watched the most is definitely Fellowship. The mm-hmm. movie I watched the least at this point is definitely Two Towers. Really? Um, when growing up, Two Towers was my favorite. It mm-hmm. was the coolest one. Yeah, because it was a sweet battle. battle. Yeah, yeah. Helm's Deep is an awesome battle. I mean, Helm's Deep is a sweet battle. Yeah, Helm's Deep is one of the greatest battles in film history. When Aragorn throws the doors open in slow mo, that's yeah. this one, right? That 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 is Two Towers, right? Because he gets thrown into the water and then he gets saved. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. He comes back to yeah. life. Yeah. yeah it's Did awesome. you think Aragorn died for real? Well, honestly, so, so I saw these in theaters, 01, 02, 03, at yeah. Christmas each year with Same. my family. Um, but it was like five more years or something. I mean, I watched each of them probably within a year or two of that. But then there was like a long time past where I didn't watch these movies. Like, I probably watched mm. them five or six years later for the first time in a long time. And when I was watching, I didn't remember how it happened or what happened in the movies really anymore. Right. And so in Two Towers, when he goes down, I was he like, fell. there was a second where I was like, what Wait, the hell? How did how does that work? Does he die? Did I forget that he died? Right. I was like, there's no way. Maybe he dies. I know. <laughs> I, I think I had the same thing of like, if he dies, maybe I mean he has to come back, just like Gandalf did, right? He has to. Oh, because... I forgot. Yeah, and I forgot that Gandalf came back too. There's all these when I when I watched these movies again, it was so sweet to like not remember how it worked. Dude, when Gandalf died for me in 2001, yeah. I was heartbroken. Did you cry? I think I probably did because yeah. <laughs> the scene afterward is so. Give them a moment for pity's sake. <laughs> God, so good. I love Boromir. Speaking of, let's get into favorite line. We haven't talked yet about Vigo's voice. Boromir, by tonight, these hills will be swarming with orcs. They'll be swarming with orcs. (laughs) Quite that bad. Get like, them up, Boromir. You're, you're supposed to sound badass. <laughs> and the John Beats like, give them a moment for pity's sake. Never. That's that's my king. <laughs> <laughs> give me the ring. <laughs> oh, that is such a great shot of the ring in the snow. One yeah. of the best in the whole. I love whole it so franchise. much. I love it so much. Uh, do you know what your favorite line is? Yeah, it's actually <clears> so. <throat> this is this is funny because originally it would have been one of those lines, the Barmeragorn exchange I was talking about. But I think my favorite line actually is that incredible moment between Frodo and Gandalf, where they're sitting. I wish the ring had never come to me. I wish none of this had happened. Yeah, yeah, that line. 
That's Frodo. That was Frodo. <laughs> I hate Frodo. Like, secretly, he won't be in my top nine, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I guess that's, that's the, as far as honorable mentions go. I should put him on my honorable mentions. And yeah, and anyway, so that's what Frodo says. And yeah. then Gandalf says... And Gandalf says to him... So do all who live in such times, but that is not for them to decide. All yeah. we have to decide is to do is what to do with the time that is given to us. Yes, which is my favorite line, also. Yeah, it's so good, and it's also so. The, the one of the interesting similarities between this film and Star Wars is that uh, Alec Guinness and Ian McKellen are the Alec only McGuinness. McGuinness. <laughs> they're the only actors in either film or trilogy to receive an acting nomination. Both of right. them were nominated for, I believe, supporting actor. Gandalf may have received a lead actor nom for this. I, I. I I still believe it was almost my thesis that Gandalf not Ian McKellen not winning an Oscar for one of the three films is like one of the big Oscar yeah. travesties. He like he does create just such a memorable character. Uh, he creates such a memorable character in this movie, and it doesn't feel like he's acting. No, for some reason he just feels so genuine. Like yeah, he's in a real wizard. <laughs> it's amazing um, for such a goofy looking character. <laughs> Like really, right? It's such a good, like such a compelling, yeah. But uh, that—that's my favorite exchange, and that was the moment when I was watching it again, where I was like, "Oh yeah!" Like, if you watch this movie for the very first time, that's that's the kind of thing that you're like, "This, this is why this guy deserved to be nominated for an Oscar for this movie," because like he's not just like all theatrics and goof. He's like really good, and yeah, just, the like, looks that he gives and the gravity that he adds, to yeah. the gravitas of him on screen. We mentioned that moment though when they're all arguing about who's going to take the ring and. Frodo's like, I will take the ring, and I will take the ring, and, and it shows Gandalf's face because he, he knew it was going to happen anyway. Yeah, he knew it had to happen. He, knew he knows that that hobbits are the only ones that can like bear that burden. He didn't want to put it on Frodo, but he just sort of knew, like, yeah. He's like, he has to say it. I can't make him do it. Exactly. And then it comes. Yeah. And I and I agree. He should have won Best Supporting, which is what he was nominated for. Yeah. Um, and that's my favorite line also. So that's that's easy. Um, <clears throat> so we're, we're getting... Oh, go ahead. Do we have an AMA question? I we know we do. Yeah. So James Spence, who is a member of the advisory board, he's kind of a... He's a person that really helps us manage everything that goes on. There's so much interaction between everyone on the board on a daily basis. He that, has an official title <laughs> that I wish was in front of me. I think it's like... I think he might be... He's like basically a production coordinator. I think that might be what he is. Yeah, I think he's production coordinator for Action Industries because he's on a day to day basis when the team is working and pulling like a news article or making sure something gets posted to the Instagram or uh, kind of just keeping things on schedule. James is the guy that keeps his eyes on all of it and makes sure that that system is running. Is it's really an amazing system of people that are working on Action Industries. Like everybody, everybody kind of works together. Everybody's become friends and and uh, and honestly, our our dream that we had originally, which was that we would basically be able to not not pay attention to the yeah. AI. But have it run itself is 100% in effect now. And, yeah, we have him under production coordinator. So he asked this, and he said it during the live stream, because he's actually not a huge fan of Fellowship. Yeah. He asked if this whole entire franchise, this trilogy, should have instead been a 10-episode miniseries. because that is interesting. Yeah, and that's basically exactly what it would have been if had it come out right now. Yeah. for me personally, I'm going to jump in first if you don't mind. I I understand and I I think that it's a good idea, but for me I would never want that to happen. I think that the only way to get the critical acclaim and have the worldwide acclaim being in the top 250 like these movies being revered in the way and respected in the way that they are can can just not really happen in a miniseries cuz even though True Detective season 1 is one of the greatest things that's ever happened, yeah. it's been tarnished by 2 and 3 even though they're still good. Well, right, and like, okay, as great as Game of Thrones is, and it's a great show, uh-huh. because Game of Thrones is the comp, that's that's the that's the that's TV the series sh- version of this, yes. 
the problem with Game of Thrones is it's so large and expansive that if a TV show is successful, it's never just ten episodes. It's always more than that. There's too much money to be had, and there's too and there's too much content. If I want to go and try to understand Lord of the Rings, I can for a weekend sit down and I can get through all of it and like with spending time with my family, like doing mm-hmm. other things. Like it's going to take me nine hours to get through the movies. That's a lot of time in two days. I can do that reasonably. And for some reason. Saying 10 hours as opposed to watching three movies, even though it's the same amount of time, just feels more approachable for the general public. Yeah, and if you try to get through Game of Thrones, it's gonna, that's going to take you months, weeks yeah. at least. Like it's, it's, You're talking about 12 hours every season. That's why I haven't watched so, it. Yeah, and so it's just, uh, I think that it's better that it's this way. It's <clears> also just not the world we lived in then. It's the world we live in now. Um, yeah, because yeah, back then, if it, be, if it was a 10-episode miniseries, it would have been like looked down on would have been not authentic. You'd be like, oh, yeah, of course, this this group of actors who aren't that famous right now are in this TV show. It's like, it's funny. It's just like the model is different. The model now supports Avengers making a three-hour movie, but it doesn't support a fantasy movie based on a book. Yeah. Um, fascinating. Yeah. So, uh, moving on, guys. That is the answer to the question by James Spence. Thank, Thank you, James. You, James. We appreciate that. And if we had a little more time, it would be fun to talk about whether or not Nick Cage would have been a great casting choice for Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> We must choose what to do. With the- I can't even do it. <laughs> I will check the ring to Mordor. No, Nick, that's not your line. That's Frodo's line. Yeah, but I'll do it. Like, actually, in 2001, though, Nick Cage could have been cast. Legolas. <laughs> well, though, who would they have cast in 01? I mean, 01, you're talking, that's peak Cage. That's, 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 like, that's like adaptation level Cage. Oh, man, I wish I could remember the line so badly. What if they had cast The as- White Ghost? <laughs> he would have been Aragorn. Yeah. They 100%. They, Long hair. Yeah, they would have cast him as Aragorn, and he would have loved it. I do not know what blood runs through my veins, <laughs> but I'm really hungry right now. <laughs> the sword is obviously a fake. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the ring. <laughs> oh, my God. He's coming back, everybody. He's coming back. Um, all right. There are three action movie categories. Totally ridiculous. Totally legitimate. Le- ridiculously legitimate. We can skip it. I mean, this it's, movie it's is totally, totally legitimate. legitimate. There's, yeah. no, there's no question. It's just too good. Uh, all right, guys. we got one last thing left to talk about. That's called The Pitch. You switched it up. I just thought I'd throw I liked something it. different I liked in. It. Gave it a lot of energy. Focus. A web slinging episode, if you will. This is real. Yeah, because it's okay. Yeah, yeah. We're We're in the future. Spider Man: Far From Home. Uh, There's there's a couple things I'm really excited to talk about. They're all Jake Gyllenhaal. I was just gonna say, (laughs) it's like I I can't wait to talk about Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. What do you think about on episode 200 uh, when we're gonna be doing a bunch of fun stuff? Having Jake come on. (laughs) I feel like the hero, like now, because the last time we did one of these retrospectives was 100 episodes ago. If we did like the Heroes of AMA episode. Like, I feel like Jake might be a top ten guy. Oh, for sure. Is He's a bad guy in, in this, right? Isn't Mysterio yeah, a bad well, guy? Yeah, Mysterio's character he in like general goes is back like, and forth. he's like the master of deception, so he'll come in, and like, probably, probably what's going to happen is he'll be, and I haven't seen it yet, guys, so I don't right. know, but he'll yeah, probably come in and be like, oh, like, I'm a bad guy, or I'm like a good guy from another dimension, let me help you defeat all these things, but actually he'll probably be creating the things they have to defeat, because like, that's it. who Mysterio is. Got it, got it, got it. I don't know anything about him. Um, I feel like Gyllenhaal probably... Jackman, <laughs> yeah, Cruz, definitely. Cage, Denzel, Butler, Butler. Oh, Jerry's a huge one now. And then Finney, he's got to make the list now, just because R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I wonder. I wonder if we were to go make the top ten, what it would look like. I think that's a fun. That's a we fun to do that. Yeah. yeah, I think episode two hundred coming up, uh, week of July first, guys. There's going to be a Ooh. full episode here on this show. We're going to do a, a special episode over on the action guys. Drew and I are going to be doing a two hundred minute live stream. I'm sorry that I did that to us. Yeah, it's a long. That's it's, <laughs> it's over three hours. Yeah, we're going to do a two hundred minute live stream telling the entire story of uh, Drew and Ben meeting at this restaurant that we used to work at, talking yeah. movies, how it all started, through this show, through the action guys, through Might Schmodown. Some pictures through some Yeah, through some table and chair hits, all kinds of fun yeah. shit. We're going to be talking about all of it um, through Action Industries. We're going to be doing like, the full story uh, live. So you guys tune in for that. I'll be on the Action Industries YouTube channel and probably something exclusive behind the, the Patreon as well. We want to make sure yeah, you guys have something figure that for every out. day of that week. But uh, quick shout-out to our generals in the Action Army. we got Andrew Hayes, Paul DeNuzzo, Billy Belford, John Getz, John Patterson, and not listed here, but should be Jonathan Peck. That's right. So, generals, we, as always, salute you. We salute you. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to the booth. Thanks to Popcorn Talk. And my bow. And my bow. Bye. Bye, guys. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.